0: What's going on, guys? This is Dave Hollman, a.k.a. Dynasty Dorks, and this is the SGPN Fantasy Football Podcast on the Sports scaling Podcast, brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook. Download the app now and use promo code SGP. New customers can get $200 in bonus bets instantly when they just bet $5 on football, only on DraftKings Sportsbook with promo code SGP. We're also brought to you by GameTime. Snag the tickets without the stress. Use promo code SGPN for your first purchase to save $20. Download the GameTime app and use promo code SGPN. We're also brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. Play Underdog Pick'em in college or NFL when it's 20 times in one game. Use promo code SGPN, Underdog Fantasy, for 100% positive bonus up to $100. Finally, we're brought to you by Hall of Fame Bets and Game Lens. Download the Hall of Fame's app or visit hofbets.com. Use code SGPN to get 50% off your first month. Start, start making smarter bets today. Brad. Week one was absolutely insane. Um, it definitely did not disappoint. Did not disappoint. There's a ton of headlines. I'm sure most of them have been covered multiple times. But we're going to go through just to give everyone a, a little tip of what's, uh, what's going to happen today. We're going to go through this Snapshare report. You know, it's one thing to look at the box score, look at the end of the game production. Not everybody was able to catch every game. You say, wow, this guy had a great game. Well, Brad's going to show you what's what's behind that. Some of the great games were absolutely great games, and there's a lot of data that says this is probably a thing that's going to continue. There's also some guys out there that maybe it's not going to continue on a good and a bad thing because there's the opposite. There's guys that have bad games that are flukes and guys that, all right, the Snapshare report says it's probably going to continue. And then uh, I'm going to talk about the dynasty trade market. Got an article out that came out today talking about some dynasty trades that are out there. Who's on the move? Who's uh, being sold and what their what their cost is? So, Brad, you can go first. Oh, I get to go
1: first. You, we're going to talk. Look, first, so first of all, you got to check our shit out at sportsgamblingpodcast.com. So we're going to touch on just a portion of what the articles are that we put out, my, whether it be my target share report or Dave's report around Dynasty stock. So we're just going to touch a little bit, but I want to go through just a couple facets of this. So the first thing is, hey, there were a few players that were well above expectation. And I want to talk through just a little bit of those because we were high on some of these players and some of these players we didn't even really talk about. So there's three in particular that were top 10 in target share. So I've got a guy at 50% target share. Dave, you know who I'm talking about? He's he's your boy. 50% of the targets came to him and he was a rookie. Puka Puka Zay Puka. Dave Flowers. Dave uh-huh. Flowers ended the day with 10 targets, 9 catches for 78 yards. 50% of the target share. So Dave if I was to say, hey, what are you in on? Are you in on Zay? Are you out on Zay? Are you trying to sell him high off this game? What is your perception of Zay Flowers?
0: Yeah, I mean, it's always important to understand that, you know, like, take lock is real. And so when something like this happens and you're already a fan of a player, it you can dig your heels in a little bit. So, um, yeah, there, there's always an opportunity to sell off of a good game. But I'm not going to just turn around and sell Zay Flowers for a first round pick when I just paid a first round pick for him. So if I'm getting an offer for a very good player to move, you know, for for Zay Flowers or multiple firsts, um, but I don't see really any scenario where I'm wanting to trade Zay Flowers from a rebuilding team. Why am I trading a 22, 23 year old, you know, rookie that looks great? and um, is the obvious clear-cut wide receiver one on his team. And uh, if I'm if a contending team, I just all of a sudden got a rookie that can contribute right away.
1: Yeah, and that's – so there's a couple things to look at here. So one is obviously age uh, because we're talking about Dynasty Fantasy Football, right? That's that's our, our shtick. The other thing to always think about is what are the snap shares? So did this player have a huge amount of targets but only play 40% of the snaps? That is not the case with Zay Flowers. So not only did he draw a 50% target share, he was on the field for 82% of the snaps. As a rookie, he's on the field an absolute ton and played in two wide receiver sets over Rashad Bateman. So there's some question around, well, Rashad Bateman we know was coming off an injury. So do we expect that to stay the same with Zay Flowers, where he's playing over Rashad Bayman, or do we expect that to kind of filter back into Rashad Bayman? And then the other thing to keep in mind is look, I get it, he had 10 targets. His A dot was by far the worst out of the top 10. And by the worst, I mean it ain't even close. 2.6 yards. Per a dot air yards, uh, or average depth of target. Sorry, not air yards. Two point six was his average depth of each each of those ten targets. Then you go to number two. We talked about Puka Nakua. He was at ten. DeAndre Hopkins eleven point three. Tyree Kill fifteen point seven. Calvin Ridley nine. Devonte Adams ten. Devonta Smith ten. Like he was by far the lowest. So does that worry you a little bit? From a production perspective, perspective for Zay Flowers, or are you comfortable holding? I mean, you kind of already said that, but do you expect
0: that A dot to stay the same for him right now? You're muted. I expect the A dot to go up, and yeah. um, I mean that's extremely low. That's not going to continue. Um, and, and this is a game where they didn't have to pass the ball a lot. They were ahead the entire game, and so um, I. This is not a player that, you know, has any concerns about that, you know, coming out of college. And so, no, I don't think that's going to be a concern. And with the offense, like this isn't a, like the quarterback doesn't have a strong arm situation. And so um, there's a lot to take from with week one, but I I would like to get a couple, a lot more data to be able to make like long-term predictions off of it versus just taking one game.
1: Yep, for sure. So let's get
0: into this question before we move to the
1: next player. Uh, Look, look, Arthur Smith did not make any of us Drake London or Kyle Pitts owners feel good about ourselves, Uh, and I wish I would have seen this press conference before I made a trade, which we will talk about after this uh, to see where your head's out from a dynasty perspective. But Chris, hey, we get it, dude. You're we're actually this is a real question. Do you start Drake London going into week two? over Elijah Moore and Nico Collins, or are you picking one of those other two? Now, I'll, I'll start. So even my love for Elijah Moore, I'm I'm not going to start him in this game against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, there's still some things this offense needs to work through. They did not look great. Now, I know there was a little bit of weather concern uh, in that game this week. There was a little bit of rain. I don't but, I think there's actually some kinks that need to be worked out coupled with the fact that they're going up against Steelers that just looks absolutely putrid and they're going up against Cleveland Browns defense that just held Joe Burrow to 82 passing yards. So I don't think they're going to need to throw the ball a ton. They're going to lean on Nick Chubb. So I think Elijah Moore is, is a sit candidate for me this week. Nico is a real conversation starter for me though, in this, in this start sit because he saw a very good amount of snaps he saw a very good target share, 26% uh, of the target share in Houston. So he's a guy I would think about, but he doesn't have that upside because of the Houston offense and because of some of the other pieces around. So I still think I'm rolling Drake London in this situation. He is the number one guy. I know he only got one target, but look, There are a lot of things, if you go back and look at week one of the 2022 season, there are a lot of players, and I touched on this in my article, there are a lot of players that came in smoking hot, top five weekly finish, and then were in the 40 and 50 range by the end of the season, right? If you think Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, week one, he comes out, he's the RB5, and everybody's like, yes, he finally is there, and then ended as like the RB48 or whatever, You see a lot of that. You saw Chosen Anderson do the same thing last year. Just pull a drastic target share in Week One, explode onto the scene, and then was the over. He was past wide receiver 100 by the end of the season. And there's some examples of the flip flop of that as well. So don't panic on Drake London. To me, he's actually a buy in dynasty if you can go get him. So Drake London is still the guy I'm reaching out to.
0: Yeah, I, I would think you'll see a more competitive uh, matchup, and they're going to be forced to pass the ball a little bit more. Um, do I expect Drake Leonard to go out there and go crazy? If you gave me a little bit better options, would I have sat him? Yeah. like I'm not going to have Drake Leonard in my top 24 receivers this week. Not happening. This team yeah. threw the ball 19 times, and one of those times went to the quarterback, and it was a batted pass. Um, it, it's not good. It's not good. For Kyle Pitts, it's not good for, for Bijan as far as the passing game work or getting goal line taken from him. Um, Arthur, Frith, Arthur Smith does not care about your fantasy football team. He's made that very clear. Um, but this is how this team wins, and um, it's just it's unfortunate. But, yeah, Drake London had less catches than Desmond Ritter this week. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I,
1: I totally get it. But it's not sustainable for your running backs to garner 50% of the targets every week. That's just not a realistic thing. I expect that number to drastically change. Uh, and Drake London is not a guy that I'm ready to, to quite bench just yet. If you see a couple weeks and this becomes a common occurrence, okay, now it's officially time to fade, but I'm not ready yet. And that's because football is finally back and in full swing. And look, we got an epic slate of games in week two, and nobody. Has you covered like DraftKings Sportsbook and an official sports betting partner of the NFL? New customers can bet $5. That's right, $5 on football and get $200 instantly in bonus bets. Nobody's missing out on the action this season. All the DraftKings customers can take advantage of two new offers every game day this September. So get on the NFL Week 2 action with DraftKings Sportsbook. Download the app now and use our promo code SGP to sign up. New customers can bet just $5 and take home $200 instantly in bonus bets. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook, again, with our promo code SGP. The crown is yours. If you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details and state-specific responsible gambling resources. Bonus bets expire Seven days after issues.
0: Yeah, and I don't know about you, but I, I like to be a good host. So when my friends say they're they're flying into Indianapolis on a business trip, or they're coming through town visiting family, or, or whatever it is, where I got family coming in from Dominican Republic, I always want to be a good host. So whether it's going to Pacers games, going to the Colts games, going to see a race, whatever it is, I always use game time and, and buying tickets to your favorite events. It shouldn't be stressful. But we know it is with GameTime. It's a fast and easy way to buy tickets for all sports, music, comedy, and theater near you to take out all the stress with killer deals on last-minute tickets and a best price guarantee. You can stop stressing over tickets and start getting hyped for fun that you'll have. As as far as the GameTime app, my experience has been it's been great. I was able to take my my son and nephew to go see SmackDown a few weeks ago. They got flash deals, last-minute tickets. Easy to find, buy tickets for every kind of event in your area. And my favorite part was being able to see the seats. Knowing I've never been, I haven't been to a, a match in a long time. I don't know what it's going to look like. They showed me the images of the seats. I sent it over to my nephew. Said hey, happy birthday. Check it out. We're going to go see. And he was just pumped. Lowest price guaranteed. Event cancellation protection, job loss protection, etc. Um, Game Time is the place for last minute ticket deals. Forget planning months in advance. Game Time has deals. Tickets right up the day of the event. Get exclusive flash deals on tickets for football, baseball, basketball, concerts, comedy theaters, and more. Game Time guarantees. Guarantee means you'll you'll get the best best price. You find tickets in the same section or row for less. Game Time will credit you one hundred and ten percent the difference. Snag the tickets without the stress with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use promo code SGPN for twenty dollars off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem uh, redeem code is SGPN for twenty dollars off. Download Game Time today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. So, Brad, who's next on your list? All
1: right, so I'm putting these guys together because who in their right mind would have walked in to week one thinking that the Los Angeles Rams would have two wide receivers in the top five from a yardage perspective, and none of them are Tyler Higby or Cooper Cook? Tutu Atwell and Puka Nakua are just, they balled out this week. You look at Puka Nakua, he pulled a 39% target share. Tutu Atwell with 22% of the target share. These two guys who were, Tutu was completely irrelevant. We thought he was a massive bust after they spent high draft capital on him last year. We saw Puka Nakua go late in the draft. And Dave, I know you were pretty high on Puka all through the offseason, even in the draft. Uh, But look, did we expect 22 targets going to these two guys in week one with a combined 238 yards? It's crazy to me. So, Dave, is this real or are you
0: trying to sell a little
1: high at this point?
0: Yeah, I'm probably going to sell a little high and. You know, again, I don't want to fall into the trap of this is what I believed. It didn't happen. And I'm going to stick to my take. But what I need to see is I got to see it again. So immediately Monday morning, I got an offer in my, my inbox Matthew Stafford for a first round pick and a super flex. Well, actually, it was Tuesday morning after my Aaron Rodgers, you know, Taurus Achilles. So uh, I'm like, dude, don't try to take advantage of me. Matthew Stafford did look good. He's always got a soft spot in my heart, but he looks really good to get 14 points. And Seattle is not San Francisco. I want to see him do it against San Francisco. I'm still not going to pay a first.
1: But I, I thought man, that was the other way around. I thought somebody offered you a first for him. I'm like, smash that deal.
0: Oh no, he would have been gone. I would. Oh, yeah. I would have bought. I would have sent a fruit basket. They they <laughs> offered they offered me uh, Matthew Stafford for a first round pick because um, I had Aaron Rodgers go down. So um the offensive line was a surprise they were really good they they did not let up a single sack really impressive and that's going to be the key but they got the San Francisco 49ers this week and we saw what they did to Pittsburgh I'm not expecting the same the same kind of uh thing to go on so yeah I'm going to sell high I ran a, a Puka Nakuka price check um people of course are are they're jerks on the internet so People didn't like the fact that I started out really high on the uh, early first. So people voted for Puka over an early first, about 500 people, because they wanted to make a point or just troll the poll. But at the end of the day, the real results showed that he's going for about a second. And I yep. checked the trade finder, and that's about where he's going. If you can get a little more, you're getting, this guy it was a fourth round pick. You, you're getting him for a second, so you're already getting profit. Um, But a lot of people commented, "If it's a second round pick, I'm just gonna hold because I, I I like the player and I don't feel like you're getting enough profit, and I'm okay with that. Like I have Puka on a couple teams, and not enough, but I, I'm okay with it. And I understand when Cooper Cup comes back, he could he could Puka away, he could be out of here. But I, I I'm not gonna sell for for anything like a like a fair value right now because there's there's no one else, and Van Jefferson just never has been the guy. Tutu to, to Atwell, I think they drafted him in the second round three years ago, if not two years ago. It's yep. not like it's just one year of nothing. It was multiple years of nothing, right. and out of nowhere. So, who else do you got? So
1: so I agree. I'm I'm selling both those guys, Puka and Tutu. And I, I'm telling you right now, if I can get a second out of Puka, I'm doing it. I, I just think that situation is so volatile with Matthew Stafford, with the, the you know, Cooper Cup coming off IR in a few weeks. Uh, I'm I'm selling, I'm getting that round plus value. Because you got Puka in the late third, maybe even as an undrafted free agent, to be honest, from a dynasty rookie draft perspective. So, so one more guy that I want to talk about um, before we move on to the next section, and that is Jacoby Myers, wide receiver for the New England Patriots. You look at this guy, he played over 80% of snaps. He drew a 38% target share, had 10 targets, 9 catches, 81 yards with not one, but two touchdowns for the new England Patriots is this a guy that you're you're like okay I think I think I'm going after this guy or is this a guy you're trying to sell 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 for anything you can get for him I'm sorry for the Las Vegas Raiders
0: Brad was trying to say the New England Patriots West (laughs) yeah yeah sorry the Raiders Um, yeah 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 so um I absolutely like. I found I'm myself pretty sure I just gave you the stat line for uh, Kendrick
1: Bourne, not Jacoby Myers. Now that I'm thinking about it,
0: <laughs> well, <laughs> let's just talk about them both. So I've liked Kendrick Bourne. I was really hoping that he would get cut or move this offseason and go to a better situation, but he is the best receiver on the Patriots, and Jacoby Myers. They paid him a lot of money, and we talk about it every offseason. Money talks. Coaches lie. General managers lie. There's a lot, there, it's everything, everything you see them say is, is, is uh, probably half-truth at the best. But actions speak louder than words, and when they give somebody a large amount of money, they're probably going to use him quite a bit in their offense. And Jacoby Myers and then Darren Waller getting traded, I was scooping Jacoby Myers up in the last couple of rounds of my redrafts this year was getting him for third round and picks.
1: Third before the season started.
0: Yeah. He's, he's super, super, um, you know, he's cheap. Yep. And then this week he looked great. Then he got hurt. So. Yes. Um, yeah, so, so I, I'm,
1: I do think Jacoby Myers is a guy you want to go at least shop and see what they want. I do think people are probably going to be high and want a little more for it, but I'm rolling with – I'm going to go get this guy because I think it's a sustainable – not two touchdowns every week, but I do think he has a rather large target share for the Las Vegas Raiders. And then for Kendrick Bourne, I'm the complete opposite. I'm a smash sell for Kendrick Bourne. Uh, he played all almost exclusively on the outside. Um, that's while Devontae Parker was out. Now, I'm not saying Devontae Parker is deserving to take that job from him, but Devontae Parker, when he's healthy, will be back on the outside, and that leaves a little bit of an unknown with Kendrick Bourne. Does he he stay on the outside? Does he go into the slot? Does he lose playing time? I just think there's a little bit to be seen with that situation, and what you saw this week I think is absolutely hands down the best game you're going to see out of Kendrick Bourne this season. So I am looking to try to sell high on him. So Myers is a buy for me. Bourne is a sell for me. So, I'm with you on that. All right. We ready to move on?
0: Well, I think it's important that we we talk about Hall of Fame bets. Oh, Oh,
1: my goodness. I thought you would never ask. All right, look. So this is checking out. It's new. Dave, did you do a parlay this weekend? Of course I did. I I had my parlay. I lost it by one, one game, one game. The freaking chargers blew my eight game parlay. Just, I just did a money line parlay. Nice, easy one for week one. I don't want to get crazy. Uh, and I missed it by one freaking chargers, but guess what? Had I gone and checked hall of fame bets before I submitted that, maybe they would have said, Hey, Brad, we think that the analytics don't support this. You might you might want to flip this one, right? So win bigger and smarter this NFL season with Hall of Fame Bets, the sports betting analytics platform for all of your parlays, your player props, and your game lines. You can research any and every NFL, NBA, MLB, and soccer bet with historical statistics and data. So here's how it works. It's not a betting platform. You go in. You You kind of draft out your parlay. Hey, I think I like these player props or I like these money lines or these these over-unders, whatever. You plug that into Hall of Fame bets. It has a revolutionary parlay optimizer tool that gets your hit rates broken down by leg. So it looks at all the different legs that you're putting in and gives you a probability for each one of them, as well as an expected probability for the entire parlay in totality. You can sort all your players by hit rate for any bet to learn which players are hot and which picks have value. So stop betting in the dark like we have for years and years and years and join over 30,000 users researching with Hall of Fame Bets to craft more intelligent, data-driven parlays. So here's what we need you to do. Download the Hall of Fame Bets app or visit h-o-fbets.com and use promo code SGPN to get 50% off your first month today. So start researching and start winning with Hall of Fame bets.
0: And don't forget about our friends over at Underdog Fantasy, my favorite place to play. Underdog Fantasy has a way to play alongside your favorite NFL team all season long with their fantasy pick 'em game. I love these these uh, island games, these Thursday night games, Sunday night games. You do the pick 'em if you only got a couple players in your fantasy football lineup, now you got more more skin in the game. You pick between two to five players. Select whether they'll go higher or lower on one of their stats, and then what you'll do—you'll usually do your Sunday on Sundays—watching all the games, and you can win up to twenty times your money in a single game by just hitting by just all five of your props hitting. It's a fantasy game, but you can win real money. As far as underdog underdog picks that I like this week, give me all of the unders for Kirk Cousins on Thursday. Yes, uh, that that. That offensive line doesn't stand a chance with two injured players, possibly two starters gone against the Philadelphia Eagles and it's prime time Kirk Cousins. I'm going to take the unders on everything, about, not the under, the lower on everything Kirk Cousins. And I am going to I'm – I'm very concerned about Alexander Madison rushing and um, Justin Jefferson. It's, it's going to be a bloodbath. So go download the Underdog Fantasy app. When you, you, when you sign up, use promo code SGPN. The Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. That's Underdog Fantasy, promo code SGPN. So Brad, let's talk about the the stock market. Let's talk about who are the most popular trades. Who is who's on the move, and who is who 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 is gonna be who is gonna be the most traded players, and who are the uh, what's the cost? So the most traded players in the last twenty four hours: Kyron Williams, Sky Moore. Dalvin Cook, Tank Dell, and J.K. Dobbins. Out of that list, anyone you're interested in buying? No, no. <laughs> in the next 48 I'm, I'm hours, moving all of them. I don't want
1: Sky, – like, Sky Moore is – actually, let me rephrase that. Sky Moore's a hold because you ain't getting shit for him. Like, all those other guys, uh, I'm looking to try to get what I can. Tyron Williams, I, there is no way I'm trusting the Los Angeles Rams backfield at all. Uh, Zach, so Zach Wilson, nope.
0: Baker Mayfield,
1: nope. CJ uh, Stroud. If I need a third quarterback in a super flex dynasty league, I might be interested in Baker Mayfield.
0: Okay, and I I can see that. I uh, I would sell Baker if I had the opportunity, just because I've missed the opportunity to sell Baker before <laughs> and had to hold the bag the rest of the year, nice. and then yeah, you know, okay. So, all right. So, I, I wanted to talk about some guys that I thought the stock was up after this week. And so, I didn't get to watch every game like I usually do. I had DirecTV, had the eight games going on, got, you know, I could at least watch everything. YouTube TV only can do four at a time. That really annoyed me. So, I missed a little bit more than I usually did, but they have these key play recaps, and they're really good. A guy that I was impressed by, and I think the stock is up on, is Jordan Love. I know it's the Chicago Bears, but what I like to see from a quarterback, I like to see poise, good decision-making, and what are they doing on third and fourth down? This guy was absolutely electric on third and fourth down. He was 11 for 14, 151 yards, and two touchdowns. And he looked poised. They had a play at the end of the game. The play broke down, he, the, the snap was, it was a bad snap from the center, ball hits the ground, Love picks it up, rolls to the right, has to you know mess with the ball a little bit, was cool as a cucumber, and then throws a dime to the left to Luke Musgrave, who was wide open on the broken play. Do I think that's going to happen every single week? No, because they're not playing the Bears every single week. But I thought the game looked a lot slower for him. And anyone that watched the game, I think came, came away a little little impressed. some of the trades for Jordan love and, and you could you could move him on this you can move him on this if you're not a believer. Jordan love for a 24-first 24, 24 second would you do that?
1: For a first and a second? No. So I, I think you'll find I'm a little bit lower based on some of the background analytics. So no, I'm not moving. I'm not taking a first or I'm not giving a first and a second for Jordan Love. I want the first. And second.
0: Would you? Yeah. Same, I'm saying, would you sell him for
1: that? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely.
0: And so the second was a, was a, a 24 uh, and, a, and a 24 and a 25th, uh, 24 first, 25th second. Yes. Yeah. Yep. The next guy's stock up on Tua. And so I threw this one out on Reddit, and the first comment I got was, "Without the concussion last year, how far apart is Artua and Joe Burrow?" And it's a discussion. Um, He said, "You know, Joe Burrow has not necessarily been had, you know, a clean bill of health, and it feels like everyone really loves Joe Burrow and really hates Tua." And, and my comment was I, I think it's it's a fair point to make but these are not this is not an apples to apples comparison joe burrow got uh, an acl injury 2 years ago tua just last year got two concussions within the same week we thought it could potentially retire and so i do think they're two different things but if there was a player that probably played the best or helped his stock the most it was tua was that enough for you to raise the stock or do you, the injury concern still too much? No,
1: I'm not worried. Look, you can go back to Brandon Cook's injury riddled season with concussions and say the same thing. Uh, he came back that next season and was fine. So I'm not worried about the concussion issue with him. If, if you want to compare a little more apples to apples, you talk about Joe Burrow and his knee and you talk about Tua viola and his hip when he was coming out of Alabama, right? Those are a little more comparable type of injury coming back from. It wasn't as serious as what Joe Burrow's ACL injury was, but it is still something that can affect your throwing motion and some of your movement capabilities. So, uh, But, no, I'm not worried from an injury perspective for really either of those guys, Joe Burrow or or Tua.
0: I did give honorable mention to a few guys, uh, Brock Purdy, Deshaun Watson, and Matthew Stafford for Stock Up. Some trade examples for Tua. Tua for Brock Purdy, a 2024 first and a 2024 second. Which side of that are you taking? Tua. Tua plus Tyreek Hill for a 2024, 25, and 26 first. Probably two and Tyreek. I'm taking two and Tyreek. Uh, Tua and a 24 first and second for Josh Allen. I think this one was before the Monday night game. So I see that one
1: on my screen because there's another one, a couple picks down that I'm interested in. Um, I I am taking two of the first and second. Yeah.
0: yeah. I took some of these off of Bulletproof FF and I took some of these off of the Trade Finder. Yeah. So a guy that stocked down, and Brad plugged the ears. I'm good. I'm good. Can, can he pick it? It didn't look good. The no, preseason looked like the preseason and the regular season looked like the regular season, and I get it. It's the Niners, and they're probably not going to face a tougher defense this, the whole rest of the year. But I saw Miles Garrett literally pretending to dribble a basketball before he attacked the Bengals because he was so confident and in and, and a, and a groove the other day. I'm a little scared for Kenny Pickett this week. Deontay Johnson is out. We didn't really see George Pickens dominate like we hoped he did. Calvin Austin, he caught all six of his targets. Alan Robinson looked okay. Friar Muth might miss a little bit of this game too. But um, I was I was not impressed with Kenny Pickett this week. I think we saw you know a guy that, like I said earlier with Jordan Love, the game seemed like it was slowing down. I felt like Kenny Pickett was just on the run, panicked all day, and so a trade example: a uh, Kenny Pickett plus uh, T.J. Hawkinson for Travis Kelsey. Another, uh, plus Matthew Stafford in the third.
1: Is that, um,
0: Kenny? Kenny Pickett for a two a twenty-four and a twenty-fifth second, and Kenny Pickett plus Jerome Ford for Kyle, Kyler Murray. Where are you at on those trades?
1: Uh, taking the Kyler Murray side. Um, the Travis Kelsey one's interesting to me because it was him and Hawkinson for Kelsey, right? Yep. Um, so I, I'll plus, probably plus roll. Plus Stafford in the
0: third. Plus Stafford in the third
1: oh plus so it's Kelsey Stafford and a third for Pickett and Hawk. I still think I might roll with the Pickett Hawkinson side there in dynasty. Um I mean obviously there's a difference between Kelsey and, and Hawk. Um but that, I mean you've got multiple years of TJ Hawkinson. Um so I, I think I'm I would I would definitely think a little bit more about that trade. Uh, in the context of my team, uh, you know, you're getting younger at both positions if you believe in Kenny Pickett. Uh, so I I think that I might be okay with that. The, uh, the, the one here's the deal with Kenny Pickett. Like, I don't think you can judge him on that game, to be honest. Like, I mean, it's clearly, I don't know that there's a defense better than that defense. He was running for his life the whole game. Roderick Jones's first game back, like first game as a as an NFL rookie going up against Nick Bosa, like come on man. Like <laughs> that's a tough that's a tough pull in week one. Um he, but with all that being said, he was still 60 almost 68% completion percentage. Um so he he was at least not being completely idiotic with the ball. He did make a couple dumb throws. Uh he did have a couple that were off target. I I I, I get it. He did not look good, but I, I I want to see a little bit more before I start to hit the panic button on Kenny Pickett. So where you, maybe you're on the other side of that Kelsey Stafford uh, uh, trade. I I still am okay with Kenny Pickett right now. Like I said, I don't disagree. He looked absolutely atrocious, but I'm not quite panicked yet.
0: Yeah. I'm not, I'm not ready to give up two seconds. I'd rather Kenny Pickett. Um, I think, you know, you, you hold, you never sell when there's blood in the water. And that was, you know, the equivalent of an injury game. It was bad. Yeah. But I, I don't think it's going to get too much better this week with Cleveland. There could be a good buy opportunity for Kenny Pickett, but yeah. he's not going to be anywhere near my lineups anytime soon if I had him.
1: I've uh, specifically held out trade offers for Kenny Pickett, counting on this week to be a really bad week for him also.
0: Yeah, and so um, the next guy I got on here is uh, is Sam Howell for Stockdown. And so, um, Sam Howell's stats this week are very comparable to his stats against the Cowboys last year. Um, The difference was a little bit more passing, a little bit less rushing. But he saved both games with a rushing touchdown. And as much as you can say, "Well, he ran for a rushing touchdown both games," you cannot count on that to happen every single time. And this was the Cardinals. This was supposed to be a smash play, and the Cardinals they looked like they were overwhelming Sam Howell. They looked like they were confusing him um, as far as the pre-snap stuff. And I just was concerned. Um, my honorable mentions were Kirk Cousins. Um, Kirk Cousins, you know, he should have done a lot better against Tampa Bay. Daniel Jones, it was it was very, very tough to watch. And Justin Fields, um, I think a lot of people had very high expectations for Fields. And this was just a reminder that, He's still got a lot of growing to do, and I think anyone that brought him as a top six, top seven dynasty quarterback is a little afraid.
1: So because you talked – never mind. You might get to him.
0: Move on. Move on. Okay, He's in your article, so we'll get to him at least a little bit. So uh, Kyron Williams, this was one of the biggest shocks to me. Kyron Williams is somebody that, you know, people were unloading for a bag of chips this offseason, me included. I mean, Kyron Williams was was basically wrote off. You had Zach Evans come in there. We you know had some potential of some other running backs, but it seemed like Cam Akers was really going to take a hold of this thing and go with it. And I don't know if you watched the game, but the box score will lie to you if you if if you go and look at it. And so, and I had someone try to play me on this and think that I don't pay attention or something. I don't know. But Cam Akers had more carries because Cam Akers was grinding it out at the end of the game, and he got that last-minute touchdown. So you could use that and try to unload him. But Kyron Williams was the starting running back for the Los Angeles Rams, and it was very clear. And he looked good. He looked better than Cam Akers. And so um, he's someone that I tried to pick up in a lot of my leagues, um, he did, It was unsuccessful. I'm picking up any Kyron Williams shares. But yeah, he looked good. 35% uh,
1: of the snaps. That's all Cam Akers got. 35%. And that's with oh, basic, virtually every snap at the end of the game because of the fact that they were leading and wanted to give him, you know, let him round, round it out. Uh, Kyron Williams was the clear receiving back. The clear sixty-five. The rest of the snaps went to him, sixty-five percent. Um, they didn't play anybody else. Zach Evans was a was a healthy scratch, which I was disappointed. But um I mean, he's as of right now, he's the guy. But here's here's why I'm not willing to buy Kyron Williams, and he's still a sell. Look, this dude. I, have we noticed the running back landscape for the Los Angeles Rams over the last couple seasons? It's, oh, I hate this guy. Oh, I love this guy. Oh, I hate this guy. Oh, let me give him 30 carries in the next game and 100 yards. Like, it is completely – it's almost as bad as the New England Patriots backfield of yesteryear where you just don't know. So, I am getting out of it. I'm selling him because guess what? I got him for that bag of chips in the offseason. So, give me something because it's not guaranteed
0: that it's long-lasting. So, yeah. I, I'm with you. It, it's, it's tough. And you can, I mean, it's not, you're not going to have to pay a lot if you want to go get them. You know, if you're a contender, you can trade them for a second round pick. Somebody got Kyron Williams and Cam Akers for a second and a third. Um, just yep. took them both. Um, probably, they probably threw in uh, you know, buy one, buy two, get one free. They might've got Zach Evans <laughs> in that deal too. <laughs> I don't know. Um, um, so a guy that's stock up until today. So I wrote this article a couple of days ago, came out today. Kenneth Gainwell, stock was up. I think that's another one where everybody was arguing about Penny. Everyone was arguing about Swift. And then a few different people. Uh, Is that Devon A. Chain? What's up, Terrell? Probably. Um, it's, I mean, it, he... He might play this week, and Mostert um, almost rested with a knee injury. Faye Chain is playing. I don't expect a whole lot. I don't expect him to play, you know, over 50% snaps. But if you need a deep play, this guy is – he's lightning in a bottle. And so, um, you know, you could see him, especially with uh, Jeff Wilson out there on the uh, on the mend. And then, like I said, Ray Mostert's already resting with a knee injury. Did not practice today. Um but Kenneth Gainwell, I'll be very honest, when I heard people talking him up this offseason, I was like, are we really doing this again? Are we really doing this again? Like, this is year four. And it, I was wrong. I was wrong because he was the dude. But was I wrong? Because he's already hurt. Um, And so DeAndre Swift would be the play this week if uh, Kenneth Gainwell doesn't play. And Kenneth Gainwell's been ruled out. Is that correct, Brad? Correct. James Bradbury and Kenneth Gainwell already ruled out. So DeAndre Swift moves up, and Penny might actually play this week. But Penny was a scratch last week, so I'm taking DeAndre Swift over Penny. Penny's going to be available in your leagues. DeAndre Swift is probably not, but I would check the wire. Always see if somebody dropped him. Somebody could have rage dropped Swift this week, and you could scoop him right back up.
1: Yeah, in in Dynasty, there's a couple interesting uh, – This I would I would smash this, but I have – Clearly an unfiltered love for DeAndre Swift, even after he saw 29% of the carry or 29% of the snaps and three opportunities the whole game. DeAndre Swift or Zach Wilson?
0: Uh, Would you trade
1: Zach Wilson for DeAndre Swift?
0: DeAndre Swift.
1: That's right. But that's where he's at. Like, if that's the trade, I'm taking Swift all day. All day. DeAndre Swift or Elijah Mitchell?
0: It gets a little bit more interesting, but where are we <laughs> I, at here? That's where we're at. It's bad, yeah, right? So, I mean, and that one, you know what? If I had CMC, I'd probably take Elijah Mitchell. Yeah, because it's the handcuff. But I mean, I I
1: I, I I I refuse to pivot because of Week One. I'm not going to pivot off Swift just because he saw 29 percent of the snaps. I'm worried. Don't get me wrong, but I'm not pivoting my rankings for the year yet. I
0: want to see yeah, a little bit you, more. If you DeAndre Swift was literally going for two first round picks last year at this time. Yeah. And you can get him for a third round pick right now. Yes, the Kenneth probably. Gainwell news probably puts that away because that was, you know, that was articles was written before that. But yeah, it's bad. It's it's bad. So honorable mentions for stock up. Joshua Kelly, who I proudly he's my most rostered player according to Dynasty Planet. AJ Dillon. Um Aaron Jones looked fantastic this week and then he got hurt and he could be out this week. And it might be more than that. Anytime a guy is, is doesn't play the rest of the game after an injury is not good. And it was a hamstring injury and he, Jones has had those before. Um AJ Dillon. Uh, David Montgomery. Uh, I thought he was he was good. That was a um I I was a, I was a fan coming in and it just was a that was a, okay, this is what I expected kind of thing. Um, Rashawn Johnson. And so this is another one where I think if you didn't watch the game, you didn't see it. But there was a pretty clear transition to Rashawn Johnson at the end of the game. He looked better. Um, none of them looked really great behind that offensive line. The Packers got a very good defensive front, but he did look like a better runner than Khalil Herbert. Khalil Herbert was pretty good in the passing game. And so you could see a combination of that, but Rashawn Johnson looked good and Rashawn Johnson could take over this backfield. And I am definitely.
1: And he garnered a good amount of targets in that game. Also, I think he had six targets of her. So, I mean, not only could he manage to take away some, you know, most of the work from Deontay Foreman uh, and be that, that the rusher, he could still garner some targets from a week to week basis. So.
0: Yeah, I, I, I would not be surprised if he took over the backfield. And so in your redraft leagues, he could easily end up you – he know, could be somebody you could pick up right now in your redraft leagues. In your dynasty leagues, yeah, it's going to be hard. But if you're going to want to rec- you know, go get Rashawn Johnson, now's the time before the price goes up. Um, stock down, we already talked about DeAndre Swift. Brad, again, I'm not trying to pick on your guys on this one. Antonio Gibson. Yeah, it is. Antonio yeah, it Gibson is. is, I hope, like, I, I put it out there. I put it out there on the X. Please, set him free and send him to Baltimore. Yeah, Like, man. they do not like Antonio Gibson. He only had six or seven touches this week, and then he fumbled, which has been the big problem with him, that he fumbled the ball, and they're – Already mad at him for fumbling, and it's it's a problem. Yeah, but the problem is those
1: touches didn't come until later in the game. Even like that, that, that's the problem. Like he's not even getting thought about at the beginning of the game. Like if it's if it's split out through the first, second, third, fourth quarter, he's getting a little bit. Maybe it's game script, but this was no. We just don't like. The, okay, hey, you know what? B Rob, you you need a break, buddy. Let's let's put Gibson in for a couple snaps and then get back in there. You know, like it's it's a clear, hey, you are only going on the field to give a rest and that's it.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it it was bad. Um, It sucks. And so I think he's a good player. I'd like to see him go somewhere else. And I Baltimore would be fantastic. Um, We've already done some photoshopping and, and, you know, put it on my wall.
1: Wouldn't that be nice?
0: Honorable mentions um, for down stock down. Cam Akers, Rashad White, Joe Mixon, and Khalil Herbert. Um, Zay Flowers, stock up. We already talked a lot about Zay Flowers, but he was the clear-cut number one, 40% you know, target share, and he looked good with the ball in 50% his hands. 15% target share. 15% target share. He looked good with the ball in his hands. And he was making, you know, I hate to say Kadarius Tony, but, I mean, his – his moves and and maneuverability after the catch was impressive, and he just looked the part. He looked like a first round receiver. He was open. He was open often, and he was dominating. And so I I I was well, I know I know they it's play Houston. So like I think everybody probably I, looked good against Houston. But well, this, I mean, Rashad did Rashad Bateman look good against Houston? I mean, he three for three. He caught all three passes that came his way. Did, how much yards I, after a catch? One hundred percent catch percentage. Okay, yeah. I get it. You don't like Zay Flowers. I get no, it. No, no, no.
1: It's not fifty percent. Is not that's not sustainable. Two point seven area or average depth of target. That needs to that needs to be better. Uh, yes, yeah,
0: so the the uh, fifty fifty percent is not going to be sustainable. But they're also going to pass the ball a lot more when they're not playing a team from the uh, XFL. For sure. Um, As far as some trades for Zay Flowers, Zay Flowers for a first and second. Zay Flowers for a first. Zay Flowers and a first for Amon Ross St. Brown. And Zay Flowers for Cam Akers and Drake London. This one was actually made before the games were played, but Zay Flowers, Cam Akers, or Drake London, which side do you want?
1: Uh, I want that Amon Ra. Like, if that's what Zay Flowers is pulling, like, I'm going, to, I'm moving him in the first for Amon Ra every single day, uh, all over and over and over again. Um, what was the Drake? It was a, a, any of those three, any combination. i still want Drake London over Zay Flowers. Um, it was
0: Drake London plus Cam. Uh, yeah, Drake London and Cam Akers for Zay Flowers.
1: Yeah, I'm. I'm gonna take Drake. I'd tra- take Drake London straight up over Zay Flowers. Still, uh, I can't. Like we talked about earlier, week one, you cannot pivot your entire season projections just based off week one.
0: And then Zay Flowers for a first and second.
1: I'd probably keep Zay Flowers there.
0: Yeah. And then this one, no surprise, he's on the thumbnail. Puka Nakua, He's going for a second round pick. And so if you're excited about Puka, uh, we didn't talk about Derrick Henry, but we can. Um, as far as Puka, you're basically getting him for a second round pick, a mid or early second round pick. Um, if you get anyone that asks for a first, it's a little crazy. Um, but I probably wouldn't trade him for a single second. I'd probably want two seconds or want something else. He looked that good, and he is literally the hotness right now. Like. He is Hansel. I'm not going to just trade him for the sticker price because people want a piece. You know, everyone that loved Puka is doing victory laps. Everyone's pretending that they loved Puka all offseason. Um, I'm not I'm not giving up for less than a second, but Brad's already said that he would.
1: Yep, get him off my roster. I'll take that second.
0: Top five PFF-graded receivers were Tyreek Hill, Brandon Ayuk, Puka Nakua, Chris Olave, And two-two out. Two. Drake (laughs) London, stock down. Uh And so for me, I get it, it's one game. But it's not one game. Last year was a concern. Last year was a concern. He did better when, you know, at the end of the season with Ritter came in, but Pitts was out. My concern is 19 passing attempts, and we talked about it like with their facing the Houston Texans. I expect Lamar Jackson to pass the ball a whole lot more when he's playing against the Bengals this week than he did against the Houston Texans. Arthur Smith has no interest at all in passing the ball. He wants to run B. John Robinson and Tyler Algier and wait till he gets Cordell or Patterson because he's going to try to get him 10 carries as well. He does he does not want to throw the ball, and that's a concern because even if Drake London gets a 30 percent target share, it's a very small pie, and that's not going to change anytime soon. And I think the Atlanta Falcons are going to be decent enough that they could win their division, and then what are they going to do at quarterback? They're going to stick with Ritter. Like I just I'm very concerned about Drake London's next like his his rookie contract. He could be the next guy that we talk about. We're like, man, I wish this guy had a quarterback or a different situation. And that's where I'm at.
1: Can't do it yet. He was one of the guys that I kind of marked, earmarked as, hey, let's talk trade targets. Is he a guy you're going to buy? Is he a guy you're trying to sell? Is he a guy you're holding? What are you willing to take for him? And I mean, I, I did everything I could to try to get a hold of him in dynasty league. So maybe I'm crazy here. But after that 0 for 1, I moved Chris Godwin for Drake London straight up. Is that a move you're willing to make? Because it sounds like you're more, significantly more concerned about Drake London than I am. Um, but would you move Chris Godwin for him right now?
0: Uh, I mean, you get the age, but again, like, uh, they're really close. I'd have to look at my rankings and see where I'm at. But um, How about John Dotson? I got London over Dotson. Like, that's where I'm at. I've got Dotson
1: in a couple places. I'm really high on Dotson, but I'm also high on Drake London. And if I can move these guys to continue to increase value, um, I'm I'm gonna do that. Drake London is still a, a high end first round wide receiver. He's gonna pull that name value, even if you start to worry a little bit. I just I think he's a Uh, I think he's a smash buy right now. Uh, One target is not realistic in the long term. That game script, like I said, 50% of the targets go into the running back. Okay, yeah, I get it. We don't like the passing volume, 22 attempts. That's not great. However, 22 attempts with 11 or 12 going to the running back, that's not going to happen every week. I get it. They're going to run the ball. They're not going to throw the ball a lot. But outside of Drake London and Kyle Pitts, there is no real target competition outside of Bijan. Um, so I, I just I see that starting to level out a little bit, and I'm I'm going to buy before it does start. So
0: yeah, and not that I'm completely but. out on um I'm completely out on Drake London. I'm not going to give him away, but yeah. like I think Chris Godwin's a good player, and I think Chris Godwin's game. It is something that can translate no matter what the quarterback is. He's just one of those guys. Like I like players that can get open, and yep. I like I, I like guys that play close to the line of the scrimmage, especially in PPR. I mean,
1: Drake London gets open all the time.
0: Does he? I mean, he does.
1: He might not get the ball thrown to him, but he gets open all the time right now.
0: <laughs> well, um, I need to uh, see more. I need to see more targets than uh, I, one. Yeah, I get it. One go his way. Um. So Jamie's got uh, Puka as a discount in Jarvis Landry. I think he's more of a Robert Woods type uh, with London situation can change. I just don't see how it changes anytime soon. I think the Falcons are going to be very close to winning that division, seven or eight wins. They're going to be right in that middle of the, you know, I don't know who they're going to draft next year, but it's a very good quarterback class next year. I'm very interested. They're so not going to get
1: the opportunity to play Carolina with a rookie quarterback and no receiving weapons every week, right? Like they, they were allowed to do what they did this week and still get the win. So
0: So this is a guy that I think I'm definitely out on. And so I thought because money talks that this guy would actually be able to sustain some value. And I heard rumors that in two like two receiver sets, that Christian Kirk was on the sideline. And I was like, well, you know, they paid him all that money. I don't really see Zay Jones doing it. And ironically, like, I was a Zay Jones guy from the start. We went to the draft. I had a I had a bet with my buddy. It said, Zay Jones is going to be drafted over or under pick 45. I took the under, and he had to buy me some beers. And I won that. Then London, Zay had his things going on. Then he went to Las Vegas, did pretty well. This was the snaps for Kirk for Kirk Cousins, Kirk Christian Kirk. He played 43 snaps. He ran only 24 routes. He received two targets on those 24 routes in 11 personnel. That means that there is one tight end, one running back, three receivers. He played 37 of 38 snaps, which is really good. But in 12 or 22 personnel, meaning Two tight ends, two running backs, or one tight end, two running backs. He played on six of 12 snaps. Uh, He played only uh, on six of their 12 personnel snaps and zero of their 22 personnel snaps. He is their third receiver. He is their slot receiver. And he is probably not going to be on their team anytime soon once they got to pay Trevor Lawrence. It's a problem. Zay Jones, increase. Christian Kirk, decrease. You can't sell him right now, but you cannot play him in your lineup.
1: No, yeah, I think he's a hold. And he's a guy I wrote about saying, I don't panic. Um, I don't think he's a guy that you panic scared, in for him right now. Um, I get it. Totally get it. Um, I think you're going to see Jacksonville in more three wide receiver sets. There are a lot of slot wide receivers that we like. I think last year was a little bit of an outlier for him, uh, asking him to go in and be a thousand yard receiver and the primary guy and and these things. And we knew this was going to happen. Like in, in hindsight, if you bought him, you should have bought him on the cheap because they added Calvin Ridley and they still had Zay Jones. Uh, And if you had him, you tried to sell him before the season started. Like, this should not be a surprise that Christian Kirk is a slot wide receiver. Like that that's what he is, right? He got the opportunity to not do that last year because there was no one else, but that's not the case anymore. He goes back to doing what his body type and what his play style falls into. Um, this is not going to be every week for Christian Kirk. Now, when he does have a big game, it is probably time to be like, ah, see, Christian Kirk is back. It's Week one, don't even think about it, and then you move on. Um, uh, but now is not the time to move away from Kish and Kirk because people are gonna look at it and be like, Really? One one catch? That that's what you're trying to sell me right now? Um, so I don't panic sell right now, wait until he has a good game, and then be able to use that narrative of thousand yard receiver last year, the offense is changing, Chris you know, they're trying to figure out what to do with Calvin Ridley and how they can coexist and then do it. So
0: Yep. And so, you know, we've been saying it the whole show don't base everything off of week one, don't panic off week one, but your league mates will. And so take advantage of that. Um, I I put in the article, don't go and make a bunch of like rash decisions based off week one, but also don't just sit still and let other people make moves. You can take advantage of the market. You can take advantage of your league mates. You can buy low on people. You can sell high on people. Just make sure that you're making some calculated moves and not just making rage moves because you're mad at somebody or getting super excited about Puka Nakua and sending a first over for him because you're going to end up regretting those things. Yeah. Um, a couple more honorable mentions for stock down before we do the tight ends. Um, we'll get to your Najee Harris in a second, Kyle. Um, Dante Johnson, Mike Williams, Amari Cooper, Marquise Brown. Marvin Mims and Jaden Reed as far as stock down. And I get it. Marvin Mims and Jaden Reed are rookies. We shouldn't expect a whole lot from them. But just the opportunities were not what we expected to be. And with main players out on both the Packers and Broncos, I expected more. Was not impressed. Jaden Reed did leave the game with an injury. Thank God it's cramps. I thought he tore his ACL. What's your thoughts? Yeah, because thought
1: it on, was non-contact, wasn't it? It looked like it was non-contact. No, it,
0: it was a going up for a play, like he, him and a guy know, were. That must have been somebody else Yeah, right. it was a deep like Jordan Love just threw it into a crowd. Probably the worst decision of the day, and he went up for it against the defender, and they came down together. But he left on cramp with cramps. But I definitely thought he he had put no weight on that leg. I thought it was ACL. So thoughts on Najee Harris? I'm a little higher on Najee, I believe, than Brad. Um, Brad, what are your what are your thoughts on Najee I, Harris?
1: I, look, there is no reason to put your team at risk in that game. I mean, that game got out of hand really fast. Uh, he still played 50 plus percent of the snaps even when it got out of hand. I look, I get it. Jalen Warden is is a decent player. He's not taking the field in key situations over Najee Harris. He's still a great pass catcher. This week, and unfortunately, probably next week, is going to be a tough go for just Pittsburgh in general. Um, So if you have Najee Harris, do not panic sell it. Even after week two, in my opinion, Uh, there are better things to come. If I am trying to buy Najee Harris, I'm reaching out to the owner and kind of greasing the skids a little bit. But I'm not sending that offer until after week two, which I expect to be another pretty poor game for the Pittsburgh Steelers offense if Cleveland's defense is anywhere near as legitimate as what they look like this week against the Bengals. so
0: Yeah, you're, you're not going to want to go and, and trade a whole lot for Najee Harris and not be able to play him in your lineup comfortably this week. Yeah. Um, if you have the ability to buy low and not play him this week, he's probably going to be a flex option at best um, and hope that he can find the end zone or get a bunch of targets. But it's going to be tough sledding against that Jim Schwartz defense. Um Tight ends, stock up for Sam Laporta. Um, I know that Dynasty guys were, were pretty familiar with him. The the casual or redraft crowd wasn't. I just liked the fact that he was clear-cut the starting tight end. I know Brock Wright was out there, caught a catch, and people were probably thinking, yeah, Laporta, and it was <laughs> Brock Wright. But I liked his involvement early. I liked that he caught all five of his targets, and they were looking for him on third down, which I really liked. I know it feels like that first game was a year ago, but it was only like ten days ago. Brad, what are your what are your thoughts? Or five days? What is yeah, like yeah, nine days ago. What are your thoughts about uh, Jameer Gibbs? Not uh, Jameer Gibbs, Sam Laporta.
1: I, I, I love it. Uh, you know, he was my tight end too coming into the uh, into the, the off season. And then he, you know, Don Kincaid kind of jumped over him a little bit. He ended up being my number three. And I, I just, I think his opportunity is ripe for the taking there, especially with Jamison Williams being out. There's really no options behind, uh, i Ross St. Brown. And he proved that, Hey, I'm ready to be on the field. So I expect to see his snap that situation between the tight ends uh and who's playing snaps and who's getting targets to kind of change a little bit for for the Detroit Lions and see Sam LaPorta instead of Brock Wright getting some targets that that, that really just kind of lanes and ends up with Sam LaPorta the entirety of the time. I mean, even with Brock Wright on the field, he still garnered 17% of the targets. Um so that that's really nice for a tight end uh, a rookie tight end in their first game in the NFL against a team like the Kansas city chiefs. So to see him get playing time in a critical game like that against the defending champs, that that's a, that speaks volumes to me. And we know Dan Campbell does not give a shit what your draft capital is, what year you are in the league, what matters is the effort on the field and whether or not you can produce. And it looks like his efforts there and that he was able to produce as well, catching all five of the targets that were thrown his way. So I expect to see a little bit more out of Sam Laporta moving
0: forward. And so a guy that we really talked about this off season, and Brad, you loved him, uh, Hayden Hurst. Uh, so ECR was super down on Hurst redraft and dynasty um, with all the injuries. It really like everyone was looking at Higby, and we should have been looking at at Hurst. And so Hurst, yeah, you're not going to go and sell him for a whole lot. But you could sell Hurst off of this game. You could also actually think about starting him in your lineup because him and Bryce Young obviously have a connection. We've seen the Frank Reich offense be very tight end friendly. I know he is not the play caller. I think it's Thomas Brown from the Rams. But this this definitely is, is something that I think sticks. Hayden Hurst is, is probably not going to you know be a top five tight end every week but I I think he's a lot better than the 28th, 29th tight end that he was ranked during draft season.
1: A hundred percent. He was in the, I believe, the top 15 for me coming into this season. Uh, Obviously, you know, tight end three or whatever he was this this week. Or uh, where's he at? Uh, Yeah, he's like tight end two or three this week. Uh, That's not realistic, I don't believe. Uh, you know, for long-term. But look, we talked about him in the, in the as a playable tight end with the Cincinnati Bengals last year uh, because he had just a really nice, solid floor. And to be honest, that's what you need from your tight ends. If you don't have any of these high-end tight ends, you need a nice floor because all that, once they have the floor, all they need is a touchdown to be in the top eight. There was nobody in the top 10 outside of Pat Fryermuth. That had a touchdown. It was not a top 10 tight end this week. None. Wow. Pat friar was the only tight end to catch a touchdown and not be in the top 10. That's it. So if you get a t- if there's a touchdown, that's game out. So that's why I like, hey, if I'm going to the waiver wire, I'm looking for guys who give me a nice floor because really all of them have a touchdown upside. So who can give me a touchdown? And then it vaults me into the top 10. I think Hayden Hurst is a guy that's going to continue to see some targets. Maybe as Jonathan Mingo acclimates to the game, he starts to see more and more and Hurst is not the number one target on that team. Uh, But I do think he's going to continue to see a healthy, healthy portion of targets.
0: Yeah. And so the stock down guys, I got Gerald Everett and Greg D. Uh, Greg D missed part of the game hurt, but it did seem like Trotman was the starter. Trotman did start the game and, uh, for Gerald Everett, he missed uh, no, he had zero red zone targets while Donald Parham had two. And so um, Everett really struggled in a high-scoring game. You would expect him to at least give you some production. And the fact that he didn't in a high-scoring game is very concerning um, in this new offense where a lot of rushing in this Kellen Moore offense, but also the passes were pretty funneled towards the receivers um, and then Parham was very involved, Brad. Anything else before we get out of here? No, that tight end
1: landscape was the last thing I wanted to kind of touch base on. Is you look, you look at the guys in the in the top ten this week. It was it was brutal. Aiden Hurst, uh, Hunter Henry, Donald Parham, Blake Bell, Harrison Bryant, Adam Troutman, Logan Thomas. I don't think any of these guys outside of Hurst. We're in the top ten of my rankings this week, and yet there, there's all of them. Um, none of so those don't guys. Panic. Out. It just lets you know, hey, if you don't have a top end guy, just flip and swap and move the move guys in from week to week.
0: Yeah, I, I if I remember that list correctly, I will comfortably bet you that none of those guys are top ten at the end of the season. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Uh, uh, What can you get for Troutman? Probably about a fourth round pick. Pretty much nothing. (laughs) Anything Um, you can get. Appreciate you, Jamie. Appreciate everyone that checked us out. As always, good luck this evening. Later.